Jeff here. Thanks for listening. Go to playvolutionhq.com slash ccbag or click the link in the show notes for the show's archives, ways to connect, ways to support the show, information about happy hour, and more. Johnson coming to you from the snuggery um, along the Gulf of Mexico with me from the Australia. We've got uh, we've got Nicole Halton. How you doing, Nicole? I'm great. I'm much better for talking to you. Yeah, it has been a while. We missed last uh-huh. month. You had something come up at the last minute, and uh, I, I feel like uh, you know there there's just something been missing from my life so i was happy and to that's see you what pop it is. onto the zoom today there was some yeah. I, I didn't have my dose in nicole and i'm sure listeners are feeling the same way we're going to talk about um, look listeners um listener sally reached out to me at the uh at the playhaven site myplayhaven.com if you want to check it out a while ago she sent me a message to jeff she said uh, jeff have you done uh done a series of episodes on the uh, sensory systems and i said um I thought so, and I and I did a search, and uh, turns out Nicole and I started one. We did a introductory episode, and then uh, got distracted by other things, and that was probably what two, three hundred episodes ago. I don't know. So we're gonna we're gonna get back to that, and hopefully wrap up, um, <laughs> wrap up. Gummy, get into get talking started. about uh, talking <laughs> about the 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 uh, eight sensory systems. Uh, before that, Nicole, I've got to ask. Where I don't have a hypothetical for you this time, but uh, okay. try, I, I I went outside. A, a, it's been a couple of weeks ago now, and I realized this is the perfect outdoor temperature for me. This is my favorite outdoor temperature. And, uh, and since then, and, and for me, it's the, if it's that temperature at the start of the day, it's going to be a good day. If it's that, if that ends up being the high temperature for the day, it's going to be a good day. Um, I don't care what the humidity is. If it's that temperature, um, it's just my perfect outdoor temperature. And I've, so I've been asking, uh, asking everybody else what theirs is. I've got the, uh, got a converter up here because, uh, oh, I know good. you got, uh, you got weird, you got weird temperatures there in the Australia. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, we'll, we'll do a conversion to the, to the correct American temperature after you tell me your, your weird Australian temperature. What's okay. your favorite outdoor temperature? My favorite outdoor temperature is 27 degrees Celsius. 27. Oh, oh, listeners, that's 80.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, that's a nice temperature. I'll, I'll give you yeah. that. Um, I think that's a decent temperature. Any reasons that's your favorite? So it's warm enough that you can have like short sleeves on, but it's not too hot that the sweat drips down the back of your legs. Like that summer here is sweat dripping down the back of your legs. It's not really pleasant. Like it's just not nice. Um, you can sleep. If it's that, well, actually, if it's that temperature at night, it's still a bit rough to sleep, but it's just comfortable. It's a comfortable temperature. It's warm, but it's not too warm. Uh, well, okay. Now, I I would claim 
many of those same things about my temperature, but my temperature is 67 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 19.44444 Celsius. No, Um, no, it's too cold. I think that's what it is here today is about that. And I have a jumper on. It's cold. Um, It's unpleasant. I don't like it. (laughs) Hey, I like it to be warm. And that's why, and I mean, that's why we ask these questions. Um, this is important. Uh, uh, it, you know what? I just thought of another thing that's wrong with the Celsius system of temperature. <laughs> just another thing wrong with Australia. Yes. Well, no, the rest of the world. Let's get let's get it right. It's okay. the rest of the world. It's like uh, it's like the United States and some one other place where are still uh, are still using Fahrenheit. But um, okay, so we I recorded with uh, Tamar Jacobson and listener Clevette the other day. We did her early learning journey, and Clevette said that her favorite uh, temperature was was sixty nine Fahrenheit because it was the sexy temperature. Oh, um, we we don't have that now, do we? If it's 69 no, here, you we're don't in really, real trouble. 69 in Australia would be 156 <laughs> degrees, Americans. Um, that would be too hot. And there's nothing there's nothing sexy about 156 degrees. <laughs> at all. Um, I mean, if you're a steak and you're 156 degrees, you've been overcooked. So <laughs> um, there's nothing there's nothing good going on with 156 degrees. Well, so there's some temperature talk. I, I think it's uh, you you've 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 picked you've picked the warmest temperature thus far. Everybody else is uh is uh, much lower than you um but you know it's because you live in a place where the countryside literally catches on fire on a random basis so uh yeah. that's to that's to be expected yeah and i mean i'm not even in the hottest part like i'm in a fairly temperate kind of area and if you go out to the center of australia you could be looking at 45 degrees 45 well, I, I clicked temp. i clicked away from my 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 thingy <laughs> That's, I don't know uh, what forty five converts to, but it's high. That's about one hundred and thirteen. Well, see that that's that's about what my summer here was. Really? Yeah, uh, you know, forty forty three ish is probably more. Yeah, in the and is it humid? Low... Oh, super humid. Yeah. See, that's what yeah. I wouldn't like. When we get above forty here in Newcastle, it's humid because we're on the coast. Whereas when you go into central Australia, it might be like 45, but it's really dry. Like there's complete and utter dry wall of heat. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of why we, that's kind of why we picked to move here because the, a couple months of the summer, two and a half months are, uh, are upper thirties, lower forties, just about constantly with high humidity reminds of, of Australia. And then it yeah. gets down to, uh, too nice but non-snowy uh times during during the winter so it's uh delightful i get a lot of my i got a lot of my perfect temperature days um but we can't spend a whole episode talking about the temperature that would no. be that would be <laughs> a real i mean that would be a real old guy podcast just uh just uh really just talking about the weather for a whole episode about weather. um i'm old but not that old so let's move on um so we started talking about the the eight sensory systems, the visual system, the auditory system, the tactile system, the olfactory system, the gustatory system, the vestibular system, the proprioceptive system, and the interoceptive system are the ones we're going to cover. We did a short introduction. That's all we've done. So we're gonna we're gonna dump in jump into the auditory system with uh, with this episode. So Nicole, where where should we where should we start? Can you hear me? What? 
Yes, I can hear you. So my auditory system is working. It's also working really well because I just had to mute myself and do a quick dash or up across the lounge room because I'm at home because my I heard my robot vacuum cleaner make a noise that says I'm about to start and drift off into the house. And then the dog would have started because he doesn't like the robot vacuum cleaner. It just would have been a whole thing. So luckily my auditory system was working. Oh, now we got to pause for a second because I've been thinking about getting a robot vacuum cleaner, but one, how noisy is it? Uh, it's not super noisy. It's a lot quieter than a normal vacuum cleaner. I usually mm -hmm. put it on when I'm not at home. Sure. So I put it on when I leave the house for work in the morning. So it's not, I don't hear it. And the dog doesn't like it at all. The dog does not like the robot. He gets very suspicious of the robot vacuum cleaner. It's like it's yeah. following him and he gets a little bit like, you know, and he doesn't like noise, so that doesn't help either. Um, having said that, having a golden retriever who loses fur like there's no tomorrow, the robot vacuum cleaner does not quite keep up with the fur. Um, so it's a little bit of a lost cause, but I still like it. Yeah, it's I've not been my thinking about it because... Cleaner, but because uh, there's there's enough sand and dog hair around here that I, I want to keep Tasha around. And I thought maybe the uh, the robot vacuum cleaner might be a, a way to go. But uh, the dogs, I'm, I'm not sure if they would they would jive with it. But, you know, yeah. they're just dogs. What are they going to what are they going to do? Move out? Where are they going to go? That's right. Where are they going? <laughs> who else, who else <laughs> is going to give them peanut butter? Yeah, um, put up or shut up. <laughs> We we gotta get we gotta get back to the auditory system, or yeah. we're gonna we're gonna have another we we won't we won't complete episode two in our series. Um, Weather so chat, seeing... vacuum chat, <laughs> temperature and vacuum chat. Um, so where should we where should we start talking about this one? So this is an important one because I mean, hearing is good. Yes, yes, and I think well. I I know. So here a few weeks ago, my dad had an operation and. Straight after the operation, he temporarily lost hearing in one ear. And he said he was in recovery and one of the nurses was talking to him on one side and then she walked around the foot of the bed and it was like she entered like a cone of silence or something. He said as she crossed kind of almost his midline, that was it. The hearing was gone on that side. And he's like, I couldn't hear a thing she was saying. So, and he said he found it really frustrating. So I think that sort of thing highlights how much we come to rely on our hearing um you know I mean sometimes it'd be nice not to hear I like my noise cancelling headphones for when my children are being really noisy and I can just tune them out um but yeah it is important noise cancelling dog headphones or when the vacuum's oh, running there's a good idea I don't think he'd like the headphones so I think he'd probably be scared of the headphones too but yeah and putting earplugs in him would in his big doggy ears tricky. would probably be he's got those big hangy downy ears doesn't he he does have big so you could, just downy tape ears. Him. You could, could you tie him under his chin or maybe or kind of scrap the sound of, out maybe yeah maybe maybe a little bit of gauze or something around his, <laughs> yeah he i'm sure he'd like that too um okay back to the auditory system so um I, I i made some notes the auditory system starts developing in utero like most of the sensory systems um uh what i got here I, well the well still in the womb a fetus can detect the and respond to sounds including the soothing voice of the mother i don't know if uh the soothing voice of the father or the dog or the vacuum cleaner come into play there but um my understanding is they're hearing they're hearing a, 
a lot of stuff in mm. in the womb. For for me, I always imagine it sounding like uh, like adults talking in a Charlie Brown cartoon, the wah 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 thing. But I've got no I've got no evidence of that, so don't quote me about that. But so this is a system that starts starts developing very very early. I think that's why, and I really hate them. But do you remember? I saw them years and years ago. They bought out like headphones that you could put over a pregnant belly that was supposed to play like classical music or something and make your child smart or whatever. Um, I found them disturbing, but I think it does tap into that understanding that, you know, they are hearing what is going on in the outside world, but it's like of what impact does that have because we can't remember it. Yeah, yeah. Um and 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 the thing is those devices actually fuck with the normal development mm. because the the brain isn't ready for that kind of sound yet. I'm and it's that. it's yeah. like it's like you're listening to well, look, there's one called the Baby Plus Prenatal Education System. And it's this little egg-shaped thing you you uh strap around the baby bump and it's supposed to recreate the sounds of the womb when you're in the womb. Um, but the problem <laughs> is if you're in the womb, listening to the sounds of the womb, you don't need the sounds of the womb that. recreated for you. And, and they claim, I mean, this thing costs like 150 bucks US. So that's 200 or something yeah, in Australia. That's a lot of money. And, um, and they, they, their claim is that if you use this curriculum, uh, and, and play Ugh. these, these artificial sounds to your womb dweller, womb dweller, that doesn't <laughs> sound. Dweller, that's that's right. I love that. Um, the little womb dweller listens to those sounds. The child is supposed to be born um, attentive and do things like make eye contact and turn towards voices. But, but of course, they do that. Neuro, neurotypical children do that anyway, no matter what, yes. because that's that's part of the development of the audio, audio auditory system too. Because um, soon after birth, very soon after birth. Mm. Um, in newborn infants will start start turning towards sounds uh, mm. especially voices and so that's again part of that uh, part of that uh, system building and developing um and and i think you know one of the big things we can do to help make sure kids are are set for thriving is to catch any hearing problems any problems with that auditory system early in their development because if you catch it when they're 18 months or two year old two or three um it's going to be much easier in most situations to to um offer offer support or remedial um um support than it is when they're five or six or seven or eight absolutely i grew up um my mom always cared for uh, two children when I was growing up and the youngest she cared for from when she was an infant and she used to say sometimes to like as she got a little bit older she'd say sometimes to her mom I don't think Emma can hear me like she doesn't listen to what I'm saying sometimes she gives me a blank expression she's like I just don't know if she can hear me and it took a few years but eventually yeah they got her hearing tested and she was almost completely deaf and you know she really just fumbled along and I think because she was the younger sibling the older sibling usually talked for her so she didn't really need to talk 
she'd just kind of give a blank expression and so everyone sort of just went oh yeah she's just a bit quiet or she's just you know like everyone kind of just wrote it off for a while because it's like oh that's just her and it's like yeah no that's just her because she's almost deaf you know she can't hear what's going on and as soon as she could like they got um I think she got an implant and she had some surgeries done and whatever once that happened she changed like her her whole personality changed because all of a sudden she could actually hear what was going on she could interact with things and I mean you see those videos of um you know really young children like toddlers who you know get cochlear implants and go from not being able to hear anything to all of a sudden like a parent speaks and you see their face light up like oh my gosh that's what that is you know like you just see that and think you know that's the sort of thing you do take for granted and so I suppose you know it really does highlight that need to be aware of possible you know hearing issues really early on um you know to try and get that best start as possible with the auditory system yeah and and so so some young children who have auditory issues they're they're often the quiet kid Mm. and in a lot of early learning programs, the quiet kid is just labeled as the good kid. And so we yeah. don't pay any extra attention or that they're, they're a child who is always getting in trouble and getting scolded for not listening because although they are listening, they can't hear they can't and hear. it looks the same to us adults. And mm. so a lot of times we, a lot of times it goes, it goes unnoticed. And so yeah. um, having, having auditory screenings um, on a regular basis and learning early learning programs, if it's not helping, if it's, especially if it's not help happening dur- through their, their healthcare provider is, is probably a great idea. Yeah, I, Absolutely. I think another thing to note about the auditory system is that it is interconnected with other systems, especially the vestibular system. So, mm-hmm. so our auditory systems, there's the, the outer ear, the middle ear, and the inner ear. And the inner ear is where all of our vestibular system pretty much lives too. And so a child with auditory issues is apparently more likely to have um, vestibular issues as well. And so um, that's something to be be aware of, but also paying attention to the auditory system is also paying attention to the vestibular system. And we'll we'll get to get to that in a future episode. Um, yeah. if you I mean vestibular system is that that uh, system that uh, that controls our balance and our, our our positioning keeps our keeps our head upright so we can do things like uh, uh, walk. Yeah, you know, important things like that. Um, and so those are that's something um to pay attention to is that that important, important um connection between the systems. And there's there's a lot of interplay between mm. the sensory systems. I mean, people the 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 connection between uh the olfactory system and the 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 sense of taste, for example, yeah. are, are 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 greatly connected um other thoughts um well one of the things that always comes up for me is that you know what can we do to kind of you know support children's auditory systems and you know I it was funny and I know you've spoken with Angela Hanscom before but when we had her out to visit in Australia years ago um she said about you know the birds in Australia and the bird sound and you know it's funny I go outside our office or even outside my house I've got a lot of bushland around 
but outside of the office in particular, on any given day, you might find about, you know, probably 10 different species of birds in the trees just outside the office at the same time. And they're all making different sounds and they're making different sounds in different places. And so that there's that tuning in of the auditory system to be able to kind of identify there's a sound here and it sounds like this and it belongs to this kind of bird and then there's a sound over here and where's that sound coming from there and that's you know like there's all that kind of different calling and Angela was saying when she was here um, that there'd been some work done in the US and a lot of service a lot of occupational therapists were using like headphones with bird sounds you know like CD recordings of bird sounds um, you know and there was one of like Australian birds and she said, you know, for her, that was just such a big indicator of why we need to spend so much time outside with children because those things happen outdoors naturally. We don't need to be stuck in a room with a pair of headphones on determining where bird sounds are coming from because we can do that when we're outside. You know, it's yeah. like that complete and utter dark kind of moment. Like, of course, that makes complete sense. Uh, and, and outside is absolutely a great way to to help build the system because it, it provides kids an opportunity to bump in to a lot more sounds and mm. and like you like you say sounds coming from different locations at different volumes um, is 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 um, important for for honing that system. So I was I was out kayaking a couple of weeks ago and I'm I'm I, I'm paddling just south i'm on i'm like i mean if i would have kept going i would hit australia it would have taken me a long time come um, on down <laughs> i i don't i don't think i can pack provisions to make that trip although it might be exciting but you would know i'm i'm out uh a, a mile mile and a half from shore that's a couple k two three it's like four think four, so. three or four k someplace in there um and i hear a train and I, I'm I'm far enough out that I can't hear any traffic sounds or anything from from shore. And there there is a train track maybe uh, half a mile inland, um, but it's not coming from that direction. And then I realized that that off to off to the west from where I am, there is a, a there's a railroad bridge going over a bay. And and between there and me, there's just nothing but open water. And mm. that train must have because because when it's when it's going through through the land, I mean it's all trees and everything that are that are yeah. catching the sound. But now it's going over the bridge and it's nothing but but open water. And and so I'm catching the train going over the bridge from from a, a, again a, a, a long distance away. And it was mm. it was kind of fun. But you know, outside kids are kids will notice all that all that stuff all the time. Yeah, and I think we have a tendency to think we need to provide, you know, like very specific things for children. And that's, you know, like let's put on music, let's do this, let's do that. And often when you make it quieter, you actually tune in then to those very specific sounds. It's funny you say about the train. From my house is a good couple of kilometres or multiple miles to a train line. And, but, and like I can see the train line, but it's a very long way in the distance and probably about a 20 minute drive, I suppose. And, but because of the bushland in between and just the position, our house is up higher on a hill. When the wind's blowing in the right direction, I can hear the train. When the wind's blowing in the right direction, even further beyond the train is the lake 
if there's speed boats on the lake, I can hear the speed boats. You know, like there's just those little things that you kind of pick up that you wouldn't think you'd pick up. And yeah, it's that being outside and kind of tuning into it, but kind of having no other sound. You know, I think we're as humans, we're big on artificial sound, you know, like we play music or we listen to podcasts or we have a TV on in the background or, you know, like there's always a lot of artificial sound. But when you take away that artificial sound, I mean, not that the train's natural, but, you know, like you do pick up those other sounds. Yeah, well, and, and that's why I like to I like to paddle out because I get away from all those sounds, and it it's the I can I can hear the the individual water drips on mm. on my paddle with each stroke, and and it's nice to put yourself in those situations once in a while and and let your ears kind of have a rest from all the all the uh, all, all the, the man made all the all the big stuff so i put together mm. i got a list of key functions of the auditory system um the, the big a big one is sound detection um which is basically oh there's a sound um so which which is a, a good thing for the yeah. ears to do um another one is something we've been we've been touching on is sound localization it's mm. that it's that hearing the sound and because the sound hits the the each ear at a at a different time we're able to figure out where that sound where it come from that sound came from so that's kind of um an important thing um and, and both and, of those tie into like personal safety you know, I think if we talk about, you know, one of those benefits of having a really refined auditory system can be personal safety, that awareness that there is, I don't know, I'm out for a walk and there's someone riding a bike and they're coming up on the right hand side of me and I can hear their bike coming and I can kind of move to the left or, you know, like that awareness of where that sound is and, you know, being able to identify, yes, there's a sound there, it's on this side, I can then take care of myself. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I mean, just think about children who grow up without a a robustly developed auditory system and go to spend the night in a haunted house or an abandoned uh, youth camp and uh then which sounds then, awful <laughs> then i mean then the guy with the the axe or the chainsaw or, you don't know they're coming. or or the 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 witchy girl who's got her arms all weird and <laughs> And uh, crawls out of your television screen or off of your cell phone and is going to eat your soul. You don't hear them You can't coming. pick where those footsteps are coming from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just for the safety of <laughs> of children in haunted houses, if nothing else, that we should pay attention to the auditory system. Um, but that that sound localization is is important. Um, yeah. Okay, so so three year old grows up, they become uh, they become a home homeowner. They've got uh, you know a nice uh, they you know they they've worked. They've got a three and a, three bedroom uh, two and a half bath, and they hear a drip. Now, is that drip coming from one of the bathrooms? Is the drip coming from the washing machine? Is the drip coming from the kitchen sink? Is there a drip? under the dishwasher oh my is it the roof uh i mean life is just better for future homeowners okay um, i have a good story for you in terms of knowing your auditory system not letting you down one of our staff lives in far north queensland and her so tropical her mother could hear this sound in her ceiling and she could hear this banging around and she thought it's probably a snake so she's, she thought, I'll call the snake catcher and get them to come out and remove it and whatever. And the next day she hears this almighty crash and she goes out and outside the snake had actually forced its way through the roof tiles on the outside 
and had left, you know, was on its way. And she's like, okay, great. Well, that solves the snake problem, but I need to get the roof fixed. So she gets the roof fixed. And then a few days later, she can hear more banging and louder banging in the ceiling again. And she's like, oh, my gosh. So she gets the snake catcher out. This time, the snake catcher pulls out three large pythons, so very, very big snakes, um, quite entangled with one another. So our staff member, Carolyn, suggested that maybe that's called a snorgy. <laughs> of course, a snake orgy. Of course, it's a snorgy. Of course it is. But her auditory system really helped her because imagine if they'd have come through their ceiling, like they were in the house. She knew they were up there. She could hear and identify where it was. She could get somebody in to resolve the problem. Um, Welcome I'm, to Australia. <laughs> I'm glad snakes in the ceiling isn't a, a problem I have to deal with. I like, I like me a good snake. Just, uh, you know... I, I prefer to go visit them. Than have We've them got snakes everywhere me. at the moment. Australia is oh. absolutely, well, it's riddled with snakes at the best of times, but they're very on the move at the moment. Oh, well, is there is there a reason? Is there a convention or something? I think it, I, there could be, but I think it's to do with the weather. Uh, we've got hot, dry, early spring, and yeah, they're on the move. They're looking for water. And they're getting into houses and behind fringes and in drawers and in lounges and just all sorts of places. That sounds delightful. Um, so another <laughs> value of the auditory system, another one of its functions is first we can hear things, then we can localize the sound and tell where it's coming from. Another thing that uh, that our, our auditory system does is that with our brain, um, that sound is processed and we're able to interpret that auditory information and do things like understand speech and recognize sound patterns and rhythms and and the differences between various sounds, the differences between those 10 kinds of birds you hear you hear chirping yeah. um out in the trees or or your or or the difference between um the one noise that scares the dog and the other noise that might scare <laughs> the dog or or whatever. I, I wish my dogs were a little bit better at this. Gigi, she doesn't like thunder, but uh but and 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 you know, okay, thunder is scary because it comes with lightning and scary rain. And okay, but the the other day where she's like, okay, let's go outside. And I'm like, okay. And then a a a loud vehicle motorcycle goes by four blocks oh. away and she's like oh fuck that's thunder let, let me go hide in the house um so um hopefully she needs humans, to be able to differentiate yeah hopefully humans are a little bit at uh, a little bit better at that that differentiation that building that uh that auditory discrimination the ability to tell yeah. difference between between sounds um, and then, and then beyond that, um, there's the, um, there's the language development because, mm. um, it is very difficult to develop spoken language if you can't hear spoken, hear spoken language. Now there, there are sign language is a, is a legitimate language and that's fine. And that's not what most humans use. And so to be able to communicate with the world, it's good to it's good to be able to to hear because our, our mm -hmm. ears are a, a big important part of that process. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I I think when we talk about you know children's language development so much and you know how we can enhance it and what we need to do and whatever, for the most part it's having conversation with children children being exposed to language and just hearing people speak and 
if they're not able to hear it or they're not able to, they might be able to hear but not be able to differentiate between, say, like a sh sound and a ch sound, for example, makes it really difficult then to form words and then, you know, you start to go on to when you look at spelling and, you know, children actually being able to write, then that can be difficult too because they can't differentiate between the sounds. How do I know what those sounds look like? I mean, the English language is bloody hard enough as it is to sure. then not be able to differentiate between sounds. It's like that's going to make it really challenging for children. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the last one I've got on my list is uh, is cognitive function because um, auditory stimulation contributes to cognitive development, memory formation, um, the ability to pay attention, and and problem solving abilities. Because um, all of this stuff is is interrelated. Um, those sensory systems all bring information to the brain, and then the brain does brainy stuff. And so without without that, look, I don't want to get too technical. Don't get technical. <laughs> <laughs> the brain does brainy stuff. Does um, brainy but no, all that all that sensory in, information is what allows the brain to do the brainy stuff. Yeah. Like like think and solve problems and remember things. And so the auditory system is, I mean, it, it does its little thing like, oh, I hear a birdie, but also we can stand up and we can talk and we can think. Yeah. So um big, big job that system is doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all of the systems do a big job and they're also, as you sort of touched on before, so interconnected as well, you know, and just so valuable in all our functioning, really. You know, it's like, yeah. And they say you know, that if you lose one of the senses, it may, you know, oh, the others get stronger. I don't know if that actually happens or if you just find it harder. I'm not sure. Yeah, I've been thinking about which one is my favourite. Oh, there's a good question for you. Favorite sense? Um, it's not the auditory system. No, it's not mine either because I'm quite happy to put headphones on and not hear anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, it, it would be, I, I guess I like being able to hear. It's valuable. Um, I, I make use of it every day, but, uh, but not my favorite. Um, I think mine would have to be visual because I, I like to see things. like to see things? Like I well, appreciate. I mean, imagine things. logging on to record every month and not being able to see me. Yeah, um, I, I mean, know. How would you get it along? Would be a real challenge. That would be hard. No, I think I, it probably is visual. I don't know. I think we've all got their upsides. Hey, listeners, I'm going to keep mine a secret till we get to it, um, and then I'll only reveal it if I remember I said this now. Um, <laughs> I'll try which, and hold you to that. Which means you'll never know never which one is, is, my, is my favorite because uh, because I will not remember, and also it'll probably Same. change three times by then, um, but I do have a favorite. Um, so we'll wrap this up with just how do we support this in early learning programs is is through that that four letter word we come back to all the time play we don't need you don't need i mean we need to we need to be aware that their little ears are working but we don't need auditory lessons and we don't need to do special programming we just need to provide opportunities for children to play in engaging environments our our brains are wired for that system to develop this through normal exposure to the world. Yeah. Um, humans did it long before there was preschool. Um, 
and uh, and and so it's not something we need to to worry about. None of these are are things we need to worry about. There there might be some things we can do to to be a little bit more supportive. Mm. Um, I you know playing music. I get for me. I was going to say that's one thing I'd say probably not not don't do, but be mindful of it. Like I hate when I go into services sometimes, and you know I go into the toddler room and they're like you know hyped up and just flat out and you know the staff are going oh my gosh they're so off the wall and things are crazy and I'm like that's probably because you've got the wiggles pumping at 400 decibels like it's too much it's overstimulating and you know so I love music and you know I'll often put on music at home when I'm doing things but it's about the type of music we choose what else is happening like if I've got music on at home while I'm cleaning chances are I'm not engaged in conversation or play I'm just cleaning the house whereas if I'm with other people and you know like if I was even in our office with a group of people and we were kind of having conversations and you know whatever having music on in the background at full volume is probably not helpful it's going to overstimulate and not everybody some people love that but you've got to be aware that it can overstimulate some children's auditory systems yeah yeah and and it's it's there's usually um it's usually too loud like you said Mm. it's usually the same thing over and over 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 um and and it so so there's not it's too loud and there's not a lot of variety and so i think if we're if we're looking at creating environments that support developing the the auditory system um look for look i mean look sound is a loose part mm. um according to simon nicholson loose parts are variables in the variables. environment and and so if you start looking at sounds as as loose parts think about different ways you can introduce different sounds or help kids mm. Not not introduce them like, hey, let's sit down and look at this sound I found for you, but but create opportunities for kids to bump in to different sounds in their environment, and I think you go a long ways to supporting this. Um, if I've you're gonna play seen, music, go ahead. I've seen services where they've had like in their art space or whatever, and they've had some particular music on with you know like kind of as a bit of a provocation for drawing, and it's not loud, but it's just there, and it's. A, you know, like it's a different piece of music, for example. And so that might change the way that children draw based on those sounds or, you yeah. know, like it's that introduction to different types of auditory input rather than just blasting the same thing over and over. Because, you know, children's music, you know, grates on me, like fingernails down a chalkboard, but there is some merit to some of it at some time. But then there's also merit to other types of music and other types of sound. You know, there's even like kind of the soundscape things or the white noise or brown noise or pink noise or whatever it is now. Like there is merit to all different kinds of auditory input. Yeah, I I mean, I would do away with the whole genre of children's music because I think it's cloning and sing-songy and bullshit. Um, but Mostly, I'm also a yes. provocateur. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, look, if you want to listen to that, listen to that. I, I, I've been doing this thing. Part of my my new my, my thing this year is I've been listening to a different random song on Spotify every day. And uh, <clears throat> a couple of days ago, I I was uh, the 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 website I used dished out some Croatian hip hop, um, wow. which is something I didn't even know was a thing. 
Um, so that was a, that was a new experience. Cause it was, it was, it was kind of the hip hoppy hip hoppiness that I've been exposed to before, but, um, also very different. Um, mm-hmm. and so that, that variety, but you know, not just music, but things like, like wind chimes out on the playground yeah. or, or, um, you know, the, the sound of running water, little fountains, that kind of thing. Um, but also opportunities for kids to create sounds by themselves um and big sounds as well as little sounds yes and i think we should also if we're going to ask children periodically to use their inside voice i think it's also important that we provide plenty of opportunity for them to to use their outside voice because uh um there's there's a lot of opportunities for the auditory system to to work at, at both those levels but and you know, if you a- have flexible routines and programs where children can choose to be indoors or outdoors they can use whatever voice they need to use at the time they need to use it in a way that's not going to impact on other people <laughs> so yeah. it's not yeah. less of a problem because that's the problem when we say oh well you have to be indoors but no you can't use your voice in that way you know yeah. it's like well cool let's go outdoors then it's a it's a lot easier to learn how to modulate your voice when you get the opportunity to actually use the full range of your voice. Yeah. Anything else we should touch on before we wrap this thing up? No, I think we covered it all. We covered lots, actually. We we covered we we talked a little bit about the auditory system. We covered vacuum cleaners. There was some <laughs> dog talk. Um, <laughs> we talked about the talk. weather for seven and a half minutes. Um, Hell, I think this is a damn good episode. Um, <laughs> listeners, if you want to create, help create a damn good episode, you can join me for Happy Hour, the fourth Tuesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, USA. There's a quick Zoom registration at playvolutionhq.com slash ccbag or in your show notes on the pod player you may be listening to this episode on right now. Um, we just get together and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um cocktails are not mandatory but they're encouraged um well, especially if you're tuning in from australia i think it's like mid-morning or something at that point that's, so there's no better time for a mimosa hour. no better time for a mimosa <laughs> um i the last one i recorded i was over served and just about had to have somebody wrap up the episode for me but uh i got one come up next week i'll try to i'll try to behave myself um also, you can uh, check out uh, Playhaven, myplayhaven.com. We're, we're building a, an early learning community over there, a community of practice. Lots of listeners to the podcast over there um, as, a, as a proportion of the people that are hanging out there. And uh, um, I don't know. It's a new thing I'm playing with. So check it out if you want to check it out. Um, this has been the Child Care Bar and Grill podcast, the world's longest running and most prolific early learning podcast that insert something about the auditory system here that might be kind of funny. I can't think of anything. Um, if you need more Nicole in your life, go over to inspiredec.com. Back soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, it would have been really good if I would have thought about something funny to put in there. <laughs> longest really running got to think most... of that stuff earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Longest running and most prolific early learning podcast that's listening to so you. Right here. Yeah, yeah, so I hear that would have been good. Um, I'll leave this part in so everybody gets that. Yeah, that right. would have been really good. Mm, okay, well, we got that one done.
This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.